Welcome to Plugged Into Christ. I am your announcer, Zavin Grady. We welcome you to this weekly podcast hosted by pastor and teacher William Polis. Today, Pastor Polis is continuing with part six of his series, Hezekiah the Godly King. Pastor Polis will be reading 2 Kings chapter 19, starting in verses 14 through the end of the chapter in verse 37. We hope that you will be blessed and gleaning wisdom and knowledge from the Word of God. Now here is Pastor William Polis with our weekly podcast. We want to welcome you here today, and we're glad that you're here. As uh, our announcer, Mr. Grady, has said, we're going to look at Second uh, Kings chapter 19, and we're going to we're going to finish up this chapter, and we're going to go to the last chapter uh, that we need to cover for this series, uh, and then we're going to move on to another series and. Before we do, before we actually dive into um, chapter 19, verses 14 through 37, I want to give you a short review of what uh, part 5 encapsulated. In part 5 of Hezekiah the Godly King, we find the king of Assyria in verse 9 bracing for an attack upon the king of, by the king of Ethiopia. And his representative, who had been speaking with representatives of King Hezekiah, his name Rebbe Shaka, uh, outside the gates and on the floors, talking of what he wants to do. He leaves, and he finds his king, who has left Lachish, and is now warring against Libna. Undaunted, he still sends a letter to Hezekiah, telling him that the city Jerusalem shall, in their pagan eyes, be delivered in the hands of the Assyrians. And he boasts of all, that all the nations and gods who were brought under Assyrian rule the gods had were these multiple pagan gods were not able to help these nations. And that's in verse ten through thirteen. Hezekiah sent his representatives to Isaiah, the prophet, who was the prophet in Judea at that time. He tells them that God has heard his boastful evil talk by both Rabashaka and the king of Assyria, and they should not be afraid. And then he will take them out. Notice this, he will take them out. With a blast. That's what we read here in Second Kings chapter 19. He will take them out with a blast, which is pestilence. That's what he's going to do. He's going to wipe out the Assyrian army. So he's already telling us what's going to happen. So now that brings up to us up to date here. And we uh, can now move into today's podcast. As we read Second Kings chapter 19 and begin in verses 14 and read through 16. And here we find Hezekiah who had received the letter of the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up into the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. And Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, which dwellest between the cherubims, thou art God, even thou alone. Of all the kingdoms in the earth, thou hast made heaven and earth. Lord, bow down thy ear and hear. Open, Lord, thine eyes, and see, and hear the words of Sennacherib, which has sent him to reproach the living God. We look at what Hezekiah does right there. He reads the letter, and he immediately goes to the house of the Lord, and he spreads it before the Lord. He wants the Lord to see not only the letter, but hear his prayer. And in verses 15 and 16, Hezekiah is praying before the Lord, and in prayer, he recognized, he's recognizing that Jehovah God is the, 
is the God, the great God of the I am. He is the I am. God had told Moses, I am that I am. And he is ruler and has domain over all kingdoms, all nations, the earth, the universe, everything. Hezekiah asked him to bend his ear and look with his eyes and see and hear the words that Sennacherib has said that is a blasphemy of reproach to the living God. Verses 17 through 19 of Second Kings 19, chapter 19. Of a truth, Lord, the kings of Assyria have destroyed their nations and their hands, and have cast their gods into the fire. For they were no gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they have destroyed them. Now therefore, O Lord, our God, I beseech thee, save thou us out of this hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that thou art the Lord God, even thou only. He's not telling the Lord, he's praying the Lord, but he's not telling the Lord that anything the Lord doesn't, Lord God doesn't know already. He sees that. The Lord God sees everything. But he's making sure to bring that before the Lord in prayer. That you see all the nations which, you, which, which the king of Assyria has, not only, not only this one wants to do what Sennacherib wants to do, but what the king of Assyria before him did in example of northern, the northern kingdom of Israel. That he's destroyed all these nations. And he's brought them low. He says that they've cast their gods into the fire because they're false gods made of stone and wood. And they have no power anywhere. There's no power in any of these pagan gods. King Hezekiah continued his prayer to the Lord and that he will deliver them out of the hand of the king of Assyria and the kingdoms of the earth will know that he is Lord God and the only God of heaven, earth, and the universe. Verses 20 and 21. Because here we have, in these two verses, we have, and, and continuing a little bit further, we have Isaiah coming into the picture, the prophet Isaiah. Verse 20. Then Isaiah, the son of Amos, sent to Hezekiah, saying, Thus saith the Lord, the God, Lord God of Israel, that which hath prayed to me against the necron of the king of Assyria, I have heard. This is the word that the Lord has spoken concerning him. The virgin, the daughter of Zion, hath despised thee and laughed at thee to scorn. The daughter of Jerusalem hath shaken her head at thee. Whom hast thou reproached and blasphemed? Against whom hast thou exalted thy voice and lifted up thine eyes on high, even against the Holy One of Israel? Isaiah was the spokesperson through which God spoke, the prophet, which God spoke through. And he's giving this message from God to Isaiah, through Isaiah to Hezekiah, and telling him, this is what, you know, I've heard this. I've heard the evil language of the king of Assyria, his evil, boastful language. In verse 21, it refers to the virgin daughter of Zion, who, uh, but being the virgin in, in the house of her father's house, she defies in the father and despises thee and laughs and scorns. In reading here between verses 20 and 34 of this chapter, Jehovah God's copious answer. The answer is from God through Isaiah. And, it, and this message in verses 20 through 34 bespeaks two things. Number one, the confusion and shame of Hezekiah and his forces, that they should be humbled and broken. And here is the prophet Isaiah's elegant message, and he directs his speech to Hezekiah. Number two, as an enemy of God, it was enough to make him miserable. 
him being Hezekiah. We read verses 20 through, 22 through 24, and we read, Whom hast thou reproached and blasphemed? And against whom hast thou exalted thy voice and lifted up thine eyes on high? Even against the Holy One of Israel. Thy messengers thou hast reproached the Lord and hast said, With the multitude of my chariots I will come up to the heights of the mountains, to the sides of Lebanon, and I will cut down the tall cedar trees thereof, and the choice fir trees thereof, and I will enter into the lodgings of his borders, and into the forest of his Carmel. And I have digged and drunk strange waters, and with the sole of my feet have I dried up all the rivers of besieged places. Hezekiah shows that God is understanding who has blasphemed and reproached him, and exalted his voice and lifted his voice up on high. It should be, and, and he's telling Hezekiah through, through Isaiah that it's, yes, you're embarrassed, but he has blasphemed me. He has blasphemed the, the living Jehovah God. It is me whom has taken the reproach of this. I've taken notice of it, and I've also, and I've also heard when, and, and know what he said. And notice how he, he, he magnifies his, he meaning Sennacherib, the Assyrian king, magnifies his gods uh, and his own achievements out of measure and quite above what they really were. You know, I'm the one who has cut down the cedar trees and, and come down the sides of Lebanon and taken out the fir trees. But you notice that in verses 23 and 24 that Jehovah God sees everything that the Assyrian king has done. He not only sees the written letter which Hezekiah has before him, he hears what speech and speeches he makes to his councils and his army. God hears it. He knows. And God takes notice of those boasts and of people who are proud men and will hold them to account. Job 40.12 says, Look on everything that is proud bring him and bring him low and tread down the wicked in their place. That's from Job. So you know God, if, if, if God is telling Job this, he certainly is going to do it to the king of Assyria. In verse 23, God questioned that what mighty figure Sennacherib, he's saying, what kind, of, what kind of figure do you think you are, Sennacherib? How big do you think you are? You know, driving your, your chariot to the top of the highest mountain, forcing his way through the cedar woods of Lebanon, through the rivers, breaking all difficulties, making himself the master of all he had mind to. You know, God sees that, but he's not amused. He's not amused by any of it. He sees that he's, he's, he's dug up and drank strong, strange waters, and that he's dried up rivers of the enemies he's besieged. And yet, he's not, he's not because of the boastful and the, the language of which he's, he blasphemes Jehovah God, Jehovah God is not amused. He said, you can do what you want to do on earth. I have dominion even over you and over everything, and I will bring you low. Verses 25 to 26. Thou hast not heard of long ago how I have done it, and of ancient times that I have formed it. Now have I brought it to pass. Thou shouldest be lay waste, fenced cities into ruinous heaps. Fence cities means fortified. Verse 26. Therefore their inhabitants were small of power, and they were dismayed and confounded. They were as the grass of the field, and as of the green herb, as the grass of the housetops, and the corn blasted before it, it, it be grown up. And if you, if, you, if you have a Bible that can 
look at that and have your verses here and have reference to other verses in the Bible. In verse 26, that those very words are, are spoken in Psalms 129, verse 6. So not going to have previously appealed in his letter as to what he had done. You know, he's saying, hey, you know, you've destroyed fenced or fortified cities, walled cities, and laid them to waste. But notice that God in verse 25 and 26 is showing these two verses what he has done. Not what man does. Not what somebody like Sennacherib. This is what I have done as the Lord God. Long before the, the, this Assyrian king ever lived. What God has done and what God can do puts Sennacherib to shame. God dried up the Red Sea. He brought the people of Israel through the wilderness to Canaan. That's a mighty God. And for this man to think that he is more than any God, Jehovah God of this Judea, he thinks he's better than him, he's about to find out what's going to happen. Verses 27 and 28. But I know thy abode. This is God speaking. But I know thy abode, thy going out and thy coming in. And thy rage against me, because thy rage against me, and thy tumult is come up into my ears, therefore I will put my hook in thy nose, and a bridle in thy lips, and I will turn thee back by the way which thou hast comest. Oh, here you have it right here, folks. You, you heard what he's going to do through the pestilence. But what is he going to do to Sennacherib himself? He's going to put a hook in his nose, and a bridle in his lips. And he's going to turn him back. and go To go back to where he came from. Embarrassed. With his head down. And, and totally unable to do anything. Or accomplish anything. And it's going to make him. As, as the supposed great king. Look very very sad. He knows. God knows his, his, his going out. His coming in. His marches. His counter marches. And more importantly his, his rages against Jehovah God. God hears. His tumult, the passions, preparations, the noise, and the bluster King of Assyria makes. God hears it all. And God tells Hezekiah these things to comfort him. And, and this is more information than, than Hezekiah would ever know. This is God. This is God who knows and sees everything. And he's telling him. You know, I'm, I'm sure Hezekiah would have wished that he could have had this kind of intelligence to know what an enemy was going to do before they do it. Before they come up towards his, his country and his land, what their preparations were. But God sees that. Hezekiah don't, but he's telling Hezekiah, this is, this is what he's doing. I knew of this. I knew of this beforehand. I knew he was coming. I hear his, his rumblings and his marches and countermarches, and I know what he's going to do. In verse 28, he tells, God now tells Hezekiah that because of the rage of the king of Assyria against God, Hezekiah and God's people, he now lays out what he's going to do to Sennacherib. He's, going to, he's now going to defeat his army. He's going to turn Sennacherib away, an, an embarrassed and a laid low person who's supposedly this great king. You notice that the, the language, he says he's going to put a hook in his nose. That comes from Job 41.2. This is what God asked Job, can you put a hook in Leviathan's nose? I can but you can't, because I am God. Put my, put my bridle in thy lips, and I will turn thee back the way thou comest. Notice that with God putting a hook in his nose and bridling his lips, God will restrain and manage and turn him where God pleases him to go. 
and he was sent him home embarrassed as a, as a fool. Just as he came there, he shall go back to his homeland as a fool and be disgraced. God will make it happen. Just as surely as he can create, and he knows the comings and goings of all people on earth, those who scoff and blaspheme God, he will hold them to account. Verses 29 through 31. And this shall be a sign unto thee, ye shall eat this year such things as grow of themselves, and in the second year that which springeth of the same, in the third year ye shall sow, and in the third year ye sow ye, and reap, and plant vineyards, and eat fruits thereof. And the remnant, that is, escape the house of Judah, shall yet again take root downward, and bear fruit upward. For out of Jerusalem shall go a fourth remnant, and they that escape out of Mount Zion, the zeal of the Lord of hosts shall do this. Now what is he talking about there? What, what is God telling Isaiah to Hezekiah? What he's telling him, what he will do, do in verse 28, but in 29 he's telling him that he shall eat in the year and the next, and things have grown. These are not things that Hezekiah's people have grown. These are the fruits of the enemy that they will live off of. And in the third year, then they shall sow and reap, not of themselves, again, but as a prophet off of the enemy, because God has stopped these evil Assyrians and their, mar and their marches and their, their comings and goings and their doing things against Judah. And God will bless Judea for that, and will give them the reaping of, 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 of essentially their enemies. In verse 30, those who remain as the Lord names them as, as remnant shall take root and grow again not only down generationally, but they shall bear, bear fruit upwardly, doing good to others that is pleasing to the Lord. This is the verse that is looking towards the time in which Christ shall come, and so shall take root downward and bear fruit upward. And it's really the idea of Christ's coming and with faith in Christ that bears fruits of righteousness. That's what it's talking about. In verse 31, tells us that we shall grow root that they shall grow roots downward and fruit upwardly and shall go forth from Jerusalem and escape Mount Zion due to the zeal of the Lord. This verse speaks of the great destruction that has been wrought in cities around Jerusalem and Judea and in the southern kingdom. And we have an example of that, of course. We know that um, of the previous king, the Sennacherib, had destroyed northern the northern kingdom of Israel. Um, and Hezekiah knew this. He knew, uh, he knew uh, of it. It happened during the time of his father, Ahaz. However, the, pe the people of the latter united Israel shall go forth in glorious liberty as the children of God. And this is a promise from God that this will happen. Verses 32 through 34. Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning the king of Assyria, he shall not come into the city, nor shoot an arrow there, nor come before it with shield, nor cast a bank against it. And again, this is another verse that's recorded because Isaiah was the prophet. It's recorded in Isaiah chapter 8, verses 7 through 10. Verse 33, By the way he came, by the same shall he return, and thou shalt not come into the city, saith the Lord. For I will defend this city to save it for my own sake, and for my servant David's sake. Again, there's verse 34, can be, the reference to that and the link to that can be found in Isaiah 31.5. The Lord declares in verses 32 and 33 that the king of Assyria will not come into his city, 
went to uh, the southern kingdom of Judea, that capital was Jerusalem. And he's saying that he will not come there. He will not enter there. He will not be able to shoot any arrow. He will not be able to come upon Jerusalem with a shield or cast any bank. The Lord declares that the king of Assyria shall be forced to retire in shame and a thousand times to repent for his undertaking. This is the Lord God whom in verse 34 declaring that he will defend Jerusalem not only for his own sake and glory but also for his servant David, King David. He's going to do it for his sake too. Not only for, for God, for his glory and his, his own sake for the Lord but for, David, for David's sake too. Verse 35. Pay close attention to this. This, is, this comes to a head in this, where we, we read about the king of, of Assyria and his army being destroyed. Listen to this verse 35. And it came to pass that, the, that night that an angel of the Lord went out and smote in the camp of the Assyrians a hundred fourscore and five thousand. And when they arose early in the morning, behold, they were all dead corpses. This is also recorded in Isaiah, because Isaiah records all of what you read, what we've been doing studying here in Second Kings. So also does Second Chronicles. You can find this reference in Isaiah ten twelve through nineteen, and chapter thirty seven verse thirty six of Isaiah. Listen to this. We see in verse thirty five what the king, what God did, what the Lord did to king the king of Assyria what he what did he do he was sent an, he sent an angel from heaven to the camp of the Assyrians the angel smote the Assyrian army and how many smote well it says here a hundred four score and five thousand if you add that up four score is two times the amount of 40 it'll be 40,000 so that's a hundred eighty five thousand troops that God smote. They were smote right on the spot. In an instant. The angel had the power of pestilence. Of instant death. And if you notice two things. Hezekiah didn't have an army large enough to do this. And that the Lord didn't use a sword. Or a bow. He sent an angel. A destroying angel. In the dead of night. To make an assault upon them. The sentinels for the Assyrian army. Were awake and watchful. But they could neither discover what happened, nor could they resist. Did everybody die? Not quite everybody. Because God wanted to make an example, the few that, that lived, to wake up and see what had happened. According to um, Josephus, he said it was pestilence, which would have meant instant death. The amount that were slain were great. And we should know too that Rebbe Shako was among those who died.